Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nuanas Now. Hope you're having a good Monday. I think I could sleep for about a million years at this exact moment, but it is good to be back in the great state of Montana. We will be here in studio broadcasting Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Sean Rain will be swinging by on Wednesday, as he does each and every Wednesday from SWX Montana. Thursday, no Nuanas now, but we will have a bunch of great national content for you to preview all the NCAA tournament action. We will be heading to the NCAA tournament on Thursday. Our flights got changed, so that's overlapping with the time of this show. So we're just going to give you the national stuff. Uh, but we will be back in the saddle on Friday from Indianapolis. We'll also be broadcasting on Monday and Tuesday from Indy as well. So it should be a really fun weekend hitting up the NCAA tournament. It has been weird trying to get credentials because each school only gets five media people. And so uh, we're going to do the best we can, but we're going to bring you all the coverage you want both from the Big Sky Conference angle with Eastern Washington in their game against Kansas on Saturday. But there's also a ton of Montana angles as well. Raleigh Wooster, Missoula Hellgate grad, who's at Utah State, he'll join us on this show sometime before the tournament. We're trying to figure out where's the testing going to be happening, all this stuff. It's it's Everything is in flux, but... <laughs> Every, everything yeah. is everything is fluid, but uh, Raleigh Wooster will be joining us at some point later on this week. We're also going to give you some Montana angles. Wayne Tinkle from Oregon State. He leads the Beavers into the big dance. A great run. 
by Coach Tinkle. Hashtag not 12th. It's my favorite thing going on Twitter right now. Did you see the Tinkle family, too? They were going, I mean, they always go nuts, but I mean, that. what a cool story. I mean, to be picked last in, they went back, and whether it was retweeted out by the Pac-12 or by Oregon State Basketball, they went back to Coach Tinkle's media day interview when someone was bold enough to say, Coach, what do you think about the media picking you last? In classic Coach Tinkle form, he goes, well, I feel pretty good about it because you guys are usually wrong anyway. <laughs> so he laughs, number one, and then number two, he goes, at the very end, he, he has a nice, well-thought-out answer, and we're respectful like he always is, and he goes, but I will promise you one thing. We aren't going to be last. And that was his mic drop final statement. Well, sure enough, now they're champs. All sorts of Montana angles. Raquan Evans from Billings. He'll be playing for Florida State as well. So we'll get you all the Montana angles from the NCAA tournament Friday through next Tuesday. So be sure to tune in to Nuanas now as we continue our tournament takeover. If you miss anything in the first hour of the show, good first hour, Montana basketball hour, like we do each and every Monday, presented by Stackman Bank of Montana. We heard from Shante Leggins, Tanner Groves, and Kim Aiken on Eastern Washington's Big Sky Conference Tournament Championship victory over Montana State. Also heard from Montana State's Danny Sprinkle, the head coach, as well as junior center Jabril Bello and senior wing Abdul Muhammad. And uh, we also had a great interview with Kurt Paulson. He's the head coach of the Carroll College men's basketball team. They're the last Montana team alive and playing. They will play Friday night, Kansas City, Missouri, in the Sweet 16 of the NAIA National Tournament. They had a couple big wins, including upsetting Arizona Christian to advance. So Carroll College continues to make waves on the national scene. We also talked a little bit about the Lady Grizz opening. We'll get into that a little bit more in this show as well as later on in the week. As you heard in the Sports Center right there, a bunch of great uh, action in the state championships for high school hoops. Here's a quick rundown of everybody that won over the weekend. By the way, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast. The podcast is available on all your various podcasting platforms and is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Time now for our Prep Extra segment presented by Farmer State Bank. It is March 15th. That means this is your last day to enter for all of the great scholarships that Farmer State Bank has. They're offering 10, count them, 10 $1,000 scholarships to seniors at Montana high schools from around the state of Montana. All you got to do is go to FarmersEbank.com. That's FarmersEbank.com to apply. Go do that because that's a great thing. It would be, could be great for your high school senior or maybe a high school senior that you know. FarmersEbank.com. It is the final day right now, March 15th. So go get entered. And uh, Farmer State Bank, proud supporter of prep athletics around the state of Montana. Class AA tournament, Billing Skyview, they got it done. They got the championship game canceled on them last year. They were supposed to play Missoula Hellgate. They didn't have to, and they didn't get to. And uh, then they take out Great Falls High. Great Falls High, great team. They were led by Drew Lyman, who had 29 points in the championship game uh, for Great Falls High. But Billing Skyview emerges with a 62-60 victory, so they are the outright state champs. In the Class AA girls' state title game, an absolute slugfest. Hellgate, Missoula Hellgate, has been among the best defensive teams in the state all year. They had Helena Capital held to 11 points entering the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. But Helena Capital, they they rallied from down 21-11 entering the fourth quarter for a 33-31 win. So a lot of defense in the girls' state championship game. But Helena Capital, they go back-to-back and what a run. But led by the Barch sisters, Paige Barch is heading to Boise State on a volleyball scholarship, and Danny Barch coming here to Montana to play for the Lady Grizz. But they go back-to-back in volleyball. They go back-to-back in basketball. And uh, pretty cool for Helena Capital, but also a great run 
from the Hellgate girls, their first state championship game in 18 years. I invited Rob Henthorne to come on the show, Hellgate girls basketball coach, and he said, we're going to have to do it next week. I'm out. I'm going to Arizona to play golf. I said, you know what? God bless you. I wish I was going with you. Typical Rob Henthorne. He's going to go hit the golf course. But got to love it for the Hellgate girls. Oh, my gosh. A great run for them, too. What a defensive slugfest. And think about it, too, the difference in the two title games, but how thrilling in their own way. I mean, Good flow back and forth in that Skyview Great Falls game. I mean, you got a shot to win it, a putback attempt, all the drama, and then a team that scores five points, I think, in the first half is somehow state champions. Like, that. that's amazing in its own right, too. But for Coach Henthorne, I know he's been itching to go hit the golf ball, too. He's got some good buddies down in Arizona. So it'll be good for him to decompress. But the Henthorne coaching combo this year was fun to watch, too, with Brady as they there was a, there were a couple cool pieces about those two, but um, just being able to to share head coaching duties, so to speak, and lead the Hellgate girls to an unprecedented run. I'm going to throw this one at you, and this is a little bit off topic, but how many high schools in the country have a father-son duo as basically your co-head coaches for the boys and the girls team? Because that's obviously what Hellgate has with the Hayes Hayes for the boys team and then obviously the Henthorns for the girls. So a great run there, and I think obviously we're over here in Missoula. This is statewide, but Billing Skyview is on a pretty incredible run right now with what they're doing. I mean, Coach Morales, I mean, to lead Skyview to just unprecedented success really for that program. So um, to beat Great Falls at home, I mean, that's pretty much a true road game for them too. So give credit to Skyview. They deserved it. Capitals run's been great. Um, Thought the city of Missoula would bring back one state title. Kind of surprising to me, Coulter, I think maybe a couple weeks ago, Sentinel obviously takes third, but I would have thought there would have been a good chance that someone from Missoula would have taken home the state title, but just a little bit short. Just a little bit short, but still great runs for both yep. the Hellgate girls and the Sentinel boys. Jason Mackey from Missoula Sentinel. He will join us here in studio tomorrow, 5.30. So look forward to that, catching up with the Sentinel boys basketball coach. And uh, it, it's so interesting because Sentinel has had so many great individual talents, and they have been to the state tournament perennially, basically. But they have always seemed to stub their toe. But this year they did. They stubbed their toe. They got upset. But... They rallied, and they earned a trophy. That was their first trophy in more than a decade. So good job by Missoula Sentinel because it is tough. I mean, sometimes you can just have a bad game, and then you get dropped in the loser's bracket. But in the high school tournaments, you have a chance to to sort of have some redemption, and they were able to get back on track. So, that you know, it, it is disappointing to have Alex German and Tony Froelich fair and not take home the state title. But Skyview, Great Falls, I both really good programs as well. And uh, – Going home with the trophy is better than not going home with the trophy. So a good job by both Sentinel and Hellgate to at least get trophies back to Missoula. Their resilience is probably the biggest thing, and you could tell that it had that pride feel for a program that, hey, okay, to regroup like that after having your state championships hopes kind of dashed and then to still um, have that resiliency. I know me and you have been around uh, Montana high school basketball tournaments for quite a while. Some of the most intense games are those morning games on Saturday when you lose out. And that's what you have to do. If you get dumped in the semifinals, uh, you basically have to go play 9 in the morning, 11.30, and then maybe 6.30 again. So uh, I remember some of those runs. um, And to see a team like Sentinel come back and do it, absolutely they deserve credit for it. Uh, to still make some school history. And as you said, the top three teams were all pretty darn close. And I think if Hellgate wouldn't have been upset by Glacier, we might have had four teams that were all pretty close as well. But uh, Sentinel, Great Falls, Skyview, kind of interchangeable. Just a matter of, you know, that winner go home when you have it on a certain night. And obviously Skyview was the one that brought it to Sentinel in that semifinal. Kind of shocking just to 
final result. And I, I know that Coach will tell us all about it. We'll go into the ins and outs of that uh, tomorrow's show. We uh, we gave you the scores from the Class A tournaments because that was actually last weekend. So uh, the Billings Central boys and the Haver girls come out on top in the Class A tournaments. And then the other tournaments from over the weekend, Class B Lodgegrass, a convincing 64-47 win over Manhattan to claim their first outright title since uh, in 31 years, so since 1990. They were the co-champions last season. So cool for Billings Skyview and Lodgegrass to kind of finish the deal. They didn't get to a chance to play the title games last year on the boys' side, so they were able to get it done. Yeah, same with Helena Capital Girls as well. And then in Class B Girls, Big Timber. Shout out Bobby Houck and Tim Houck, the Sheep Herders. They uh, take home their first girls' basketball championship in 40 years. How about that for a mascot, too? I mean, come on. The Herders, the Sheep Herders. I love it. It's I gotta pre- love it. It's pretty good. Class C, Fort Benton. They've been in Class B for a long time, and now they're down in Class C. But a first-ever state title for the Fort Benton girls. Seiko Whitewater-Hinsdale, second place after losing to Fort Benton, 74-60. to And in Class C boys, Scobie, a really big-time win, 64-27 over Twin Bridges. So congratulations to all of the great accomplishments from all the great teams. Congratulations to everybody for getting it done uh, at the high school level. That is our Prep Extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk... A little bit more about the women's championship game. Then we're going to get out and we're going to give you more conversation about the future for the men's and women's, uh, excuse me, both the men's teams for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. But uh, in the in the women's tournament, it basically went chalk. And Idaho State, what a fascinating team. By the way, you're listening to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide, SWX, Montana, television, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, broadcasting with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every Monday and Tuesday. Riley and I will also be heading to Indianapolis. And uh, we have a great uh, promotion going on. Bracket Challenge. I know everybody loves filling out the brackets. We'll give you all the details, all the information upcoming. But Paradise Falls, the presenting sponsor of the Nuanas Now Bracket Challenge. You can go on to ESPN.com to search uh, ESPN Missoula. You can find our group there. I'll put. I'm going to continue to put it out all over our social media. Throughout the week, we also have a QR code that I'll be blowing up Twitter and Facebook with here upcoming. You can just scan that on your phone as well and get entered into the bracket challenge. But we have a whole bunch of great prizes for you. The the grand prize is going to be worth about five hundred bucks. We got four hundred dollars in cash plus gift cards from a bunch of our great sponsors. Second place is going to get a hundred dollars in gift cards, and third place is going to get fifty dollars in gift cards. So be sure to enter the ESPN Missoula bracket challenge, proudly presented by Paradise Falls. We'll continue to give more details on that. Some big news actually for both tournaments, and this is kind of the thing we're all crossing our fingers against. But it was just reported nationally in Indianapolis that six top officials tested positive for COVID and because of contact tracing, they are gone, including Ted Valentine. A couple names that you would probably uh, remember and get this. The reason why they tested positive, well, one tested positive and then contact tracing knocked the other ones out. It's because they checked into their hotel early and the rooms were not ready. So they all went to dinner and because they all went to dinner, six are out. So that's interesting. And then also on the women's side is they are Announcing the bracket right now, we'll keep you posted. The Wyoming women just got a 14 seed. They'll be playing UCLA. We'll see what Idaho State. I think they'll be a 14 as well. But Gino Ariema, head coach of UConn, just tested positive for the virus. And he will also be out now um, for the first two rounds. So interesting that um, now that COVID is obviously... Um, being pre- prevalent in both the men's and women's side now. So that's a, that's a big-time piece of info, I think. Not only the NCAA refs, but now Gino Ariama testing positive for COVID. So that will be interesting down the lines, uh, UConn's head coach being out for a little bit. 
Very interesting, to be sure. Back to the women's championship. I think that it's worth noting because at the, on the Montana angle, first of all, Trisha Binford did a great job at Montana State, and I think it shows how you can win with a young team. Her team got to the semis. They got drilled by Idaho in the second half of that game, but they were going toe-to-toe with the Vandals. But all things considered, a great season for Trisha Binford's squad to finish 13-3 and in Big Sky Conference play, get the three seed, and make it to the semifinals of the tournament. They only lose Tori Martell, an all-league senior, so future is bright for Montana State's women. The Lady Grizz, I think, still have really good building blocks. I just think that they need to find uh, some of that mental confidence again that they used to have. But I thought that the women's tournament encompassed what has gone on with uh, the pandemic as well as any other sporting event that we've covered. The teams that had the best chemistry, that got along the best, that liked each other the most, that really came together and didn't let the adversity and hurdles of this season, those are the teams that had the most success. And you saw it with the Idaho State women. Just the pure joy that they experienced after winning that game. It was tremendous. And what a fascinating team. I mean, Seton Sobolewski, has re, uh, he's recruited from every corner of the globe. Their best players, Dora Golis is from Croatia. Diaba Canate is from France. Estefania Ors is from Spain. Callie Bourne is from Australia. So they have a very international team. And I think it was a, a great testament to just how the intangible elements. It wasn't just the best players. It was the teams that came together, the teams that played the best together, uh, that had the most success, particularly in the Big Sky Conference Women's League. And he saw that with Idaho State, especially in this great championship game, 84-49. ISU moving on to the big dance for the second time under Coach Sobolewski. He's been there for 13 years. That cohesiveness was so much fun to watch. I was getting settled in for what would have been a really good back-and-forth rivalry game, and Idaho State blew the doors off of Idaho pretty early in that. And To your point about the teams playing together, it was. I don't know if it was more because we've been watching on Pluto TV pretty much all year, right? But when you got there in person, culture, it made such a bigger difference to see the teams that were connected. There were teams that were obviously connected um, from a all season long being with each other. The the top three women's teams, I mean, that was consistent between Idaho State, Idaho, Montana State. You could watch that with the way that they played on the floor together when they matched up. It was fascinating just to see the difference between halves. Um, And then on the men's side, Eastern Washington, far and away the most connected team. Southern Utah, I might be crazy saying this. They might have the most talent, but as far as the most connected team, that was Eastern Washington. And I think you could say the same with Weber State. A lot of talent, but connected. And, and that, to me, was maybe the biggest theme from watching. And back to your point on the women's tournament, Idaho State, that's one of the... I, I've been around the Big Sky for eight years now, exclusively. You have, obviously, for longer. That, to me, is probably the best... Big Sky team I've seen. Idaho State yeah. with that performance in the title game, what they did, they play like that. They're going to give someone a scare, but they to do that during this season, Seton Sobolewski deserves so much credit. That was a very, very impressive win and an impressive season for Idaho State. I thought it was fitting too. Idaho State and Eastern Washington, they both lost one game late for Eastern men and two games for Idaho State. It was almost like we wanted to try and find a reason not to pick them, but at the end of the day, they were by far the best teams in their respective leagues. Eastern Washington won 12 of their final 13 Idaho State women on the same sort of tear. So I do think, which is great for the Big Sky Conference, that the best team won, and they will go represent. And I think both will be 14 seeds when uh, we find out Idaho State here in a bit. 
Stephanie Ors, what a great story. Tore her knee, came back, and helps lead her team to a Big Sky Conference Championship. Diaba Canate, another great story. Incredibly raw player coming in from France, who then developed one of the best players in the Big Sky. Those two plus head coach Seton Sobolewski after the championship game. Uh, I think that this sums up Idaho State's team because you'll hear the heavy accents from both of these girls, and I think that is just the identity of their team. They came together from all corners of the globe. Here's just a few minutes from Idaho State's Big State Conference Women's Basketball Tournament Championship press conference. First off, hats hats off to Idaho and the the season they've had, uh, finishing second and making it to the championship game under very tough circumstances. Um, And uh, it it was unexpected to, to, not to win, but to win this way. Uh, we just came out on fire, played exceptional defense on top of some very strong offense, and um, yeah, we're we're just we're just happy to kind of see it all come together. What a journey for your team! How satisfying is it to finish the deal and claim the Big Sky Conference Championship? Uh, really good, really good. I, we to win a conference tournament is, a lot, is really hard. You know, so many things have to fall into place. You could have one bad game, and you know the, the season could be done. Um, but to, to come in ready to play every single game and shoot the ball that way, um, you know, it's difficult to do. So it, it feels really good. We've seen you play like that in stretches this year. How are you able to put together a full game at that level today? Yeah, we probably have to ask them. You know, they just were really ready and wanted to win, and um, it was it was a fun rivalry. You know, Idaho against Idaho State at Boise. Um, it was just a, it was just a fun thing to be a part of. It's funny. After losing in a championship game as a freshman, how special is it to get a championship in your final season at Idaho State? It is really special. Like back uh, my freshman year, I didn't really understand like everything because I was like I'm foreign too, so I didn't know how everything worked. And now that I know, I really appreciate it and like the win. Coach, with almost seven minutes left, you subbed out Delaney Moore. She hugged her teammates, and then after six straight more, you subbed out the rest of your veterans. What was that moment like knowing that you had this win in hand with five minutes still to go in the game? The part that felt really good about that is uh, allowing everybody to get on the floor and play in the game. You know, and uh, you know when they're tough, close games, it's hard to get everybody in. But to see Jordan out there running around, and Carson, and Lily, and and Finley, you know, getting some minutes and being a part of that moment uh, a little bit more intimately, like I, I, I'm just happy for them. Yeah, but you didn't give any room for Idaho to breathe today and to operate offensively. What was the key to your defensive performance today? I took this game as my last game. Um, I just um, told myself I was going to play hard, have fun, and yeah. That's funny. When an MVP was announced, you looked genuinely surprised. <laughs> what does this award mean to you? It's like the work of my teammates, you know? They're the ones like who gave me to that position, and I, I totally didn't I, I, like, expect it. I, I, I felt like the Ava played a pretty good tournament and, and other teammates, too, so I don't know. Yeah, but when you were dancing and the confetti fell, <laughs> what was the moment like for you and your teammates? I can't describe that. It was just... Personally, I was really happy. I think everyone was happy. And um, something was happening in my head. I just can't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And yeah, I think we I, we have to seize the moment. And it doesn't happen every time. So that, that felt really special. 
talking about seizing the moment, Sylvania, given everything that you've gone through with your knee injury and everything, what is this moment like to know that you and your teammates are going to go into the NCAA tournament? It feels amazing. I've been wanting this for so long, and it just feels amazing. And I just like now, I just think on all my teammates on the back, like Grace Gaining and Say, Say Sailor Grandin, who will love it that, and I would love to serve with them too. There you go. Estefania Ors, Diavacanate, and Sin Savaleski. Gotta love the the pure joy. And I know say it's been close. They made it to the championship game of this tournament multiple times. Could never break down the door, but this year they got it done. So uh, good run by the Bengals. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. I want to talk about the Montana and Montana State men's basketball teams and what they lose, what they gain, what the future looks like for the two in-state schools after both of them made great runs to make it to the, in the case of the Grizz semifinals and in the case of the Bobcats, the finals, both probably exceeding expectations at the Big Sky Tournament last week. We'll do that right after this. Riley Corcoran joining me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Welcome back into Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting to you live from Missoula, Montana, here at the ESPN Studios at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, proudly locally owned and operated here in the Garden City. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does every Monday and Tuesday. And we're going to be hanging out quite a bit because we're going to Indianapolis. No Nuanas Now on Thursday, but we will have great national content for you, previewing the NCAA tournaments. And uh, we'll be on the ground in Indy Friday through Tuesday. So we'll have Nuanas now live from Indianapolis at the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, part of our tournament takeover. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for being a part of it and getting us to Indianapolis. We are monitoring right now the women's basketball selection show. The men's bracket came out yesterday, Selection Sunday. And here we go. At In real time, perfect timing. Idaho State, the Big Sky Conference champions for the women's league. They take a 13 seed. They will play number four, Kentucky. So Kentucky, an at-large bid out of the SEC. And Idaho State at 22-3 and gets a 13 seed. All things considered, I think that's a pretty good draw. I saw a lot of projections that had them as a 14 or 15. And honestly, it's it's an uphill battle if you're going to be a a double-digit seed in both the men's and women's tournaments. But... Women's basketball, the the stratification of the top teams is just so profound. The top eight teams are just so much better than everybody else. So if you can avoid that 15, you actually have a little bit of a chance because 
you just can't be playing UConn and Louisville, and you just you don't have a chance. We will definitely get the numbers by the end of the week on this, but the ones and the twos, the frequency of them getting upset before the Elite Eight is so slim compared so slim. to the men's side of things. So it would have been a crying shame if this Idaho State team, one of the best in Big Sky Conference history, that goes twenty-two and three with three tight losses. There's not a bad loss on their resume. There's not a bad mark on their resume. I would have made the argument if, if they can't get higher than this. I mean, what more can the Big Sky do? I know Northern Colorado a couple of years go at a good seed, but that is a pretty decent draw for Idaho State because for that reason you said, I know, I mean, it goes to show you the difference. We were looking at, we've been watching this the last half hour, so we didn't know if they'd be a 15, a 14, or a 13. So all things considered, a, a good draw for Idaho State. And how about this collectively on the men's and women's side? This will be a great talking point for us as we lead up to our coverage in Indianapolis. Collectively between the men and the women, have you ever felt better that both teams actually have a legitimate chance to win a game. I mean, between Eastern and Idaho State, I, I think they both have a puncher's chance. Eastern Washington, for sure, for all of the related reasons for Kansas and, and their COVID-related issues. But I don't know. I'm going to put you on the spot, but oh, you'll get more time to think about it later in the week. But between the men's and the women's representative of the Big Sky, I feel they both can win a game, and you can't say that most, most years. I also think Idaho State's biggest advantage is the complexion of their roster. Their second biggest advantage is the fact that they move the ball so well, so they're really hard to scout. There's not that one premier player that's just a 20-point-per-game score that you have to try to take out. But I think that the fact that Estefania Ors is from Spain, Diaba Canate is from France, Callie Bourne's from Australia, Dorgolis is from Croatia, I don't think that they're going to be scared. A lot of times the, the hardest part is performing when the lights are brightest. There's not going to be a huge crowd there. There's not going to be a giant Kentucky contingent chanting, you know. Big Blue Nation. That, honestly, well, a lot of times we see at these at the tournaments, though, when the lower seeds start getting some traction, then all of a sudden the crowd gets behind them. It's almost like a home court advantage for the lower seed. That won't be the case for Idaho State or Eastern Washington. But someone like Diablo Canate, I don't, I mean, it's here nor there to her probably. I doubt that she really knows that much about the prestige of UConn or the fact that Kentucky's in the SEC. I think they're just going to go in there sort of with with nothing to lose. So we'll see. We'll keep you apprised of everything that goes on as far as the rest of this tournament seating plays out. But uh, Idaho State, the Big State Conference women's basketball champions, taking a 13 seed into the women's tournament in San Antonio. So uh, not a bad draw for the Big Sky Conference women's basketball champions. No, and Kentucky has eight losses. So, I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've shown they're vulnerable. You give Seton Soboleski a week. Who knows? I mean, I, they, it will be fun to see. Um, but, yeah, Kentucky, not not that. I agree with your point on that They it won't be too big for the moment. The biggest thing that you see, though, especially in these first-round women's matchup. Matchups is usually the difference in athleticism, which I don't think, but Idaho State doesn't have to worry about that as much as maybe other Big Sky teams, but size. Size is a big factor, too, and once we get the ins and outs on Kentucky, normally if you have one gal that's 6'7", 6'8", that's dominating, sometimes these mid-major, lower-level schools just have no chance, but that's not the case with the makeup of this Idaho State team, like you said. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. We are in studio the next three days, and then we'll be hitting the road to Indianapolis to give you in-person coverage of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. The NCAA Tournament, it does begin on Friday, and the Silver Slipper will have all the action on all of their TVs, 55 TVs for you to watch all of the action in the big dance. Plus, they have great specials like 18-piece wing baskets, 
with a pitcher of beer for 25 bucks. You're not going to find a better deal than that. As always, the Silver Slipper has drink specials every day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team or watching the big dance at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. And he does this every Monday and Tuesday. We'll also be doing this Friday through next Tuesday from Indianapolis as well. Tease for later on in the week, Raleigh Wooster from Utah State. Still trying to bang out a time with Raleigh. But uh, Missoula Hellgate product, who will be playing in his first NCAA tournament, he will join us later on this week as well. Montana, the men Grizzlies, they come into the tournament as the sixth seed. They probably would have been a higher seed than that because uh, of their cancellations against Idaho uh, down the stretch, the last two games of the regular season. You have to think conventional wisdom would say the Grizzlies would have probably won those two games. It would have been 9-9 nine and nine coming coming into the conference tournament and uh, might have been. But I guess they probably wouldn't have been a higher seed either way because Montana State and Idaho State both had winning conference records. Exactly. Right? That leads me to my point, though, because th- this is fun, and we'll, we'll circle back around to the seeding part of it, and we love in hindsight going back and seeing how a game changes everything, right? Everyone was talking about Weber in Northern Colorado, that game being canceled and therefore shuffling the seating. I'm going to go one step further than that. What total the the storyline of this bracket would have been completely changed if it weren't for one result, and that was Idaho State beating Eastern Washington. Right. Because number one, that maybe showed oh maybe it's a group of three when Eastern was clear the best clearly the best team in this league all year long. But that shuffled the bracket. Eastern was going to be number one. Montana would have been number six. So instead, those semifinal matchups would have been the Cats getting Eastern Washington and the Grizz would have been on the side of Southern Utah and Weber State. It's always fun just to go back and look at it. But that Idaho State win shuffled both sides of the bracket. We all thought, okay, if Eastern wins both of those games, then Montana has a chance to get a bye or they're going to be on the other side. Eastern's no doubt the number one. Well, because of all that, Eastern falls to number two. Southern Utah's number one. Montana State's on their side. So it was very interesting to me that that one result Result culture really shook up the entire bracket. What we thought it was going to be all year was not the case because of that one game. So the Grizz then take the sixth seed, and it actually ended up being a great draw because they get to play their rival in Idaho as a one-win team. They got out a win. Uh, it wasn't a pretty game. Montana did not make a field goal for the last eight minutes and 12 seconds of the game, but they did hit a bunch of free throws down the stretch. They come away with a 69-64 victory to move into the quarterfinals. Then they play, uh, I'm not going to say that's Montana's old nemesis. Montana is Weber State's old nemesis. For the seventh time in eight seasons, Montana knocks out Weber State in the Big Sky Tournament. They uh, win 80-75 to with the exception of the last two minutes. It was actually not that close. Montana was just ripping Weber. They were up 15 late in the second half. Weber hit, what, I think three threes last two and a half minutes to make it a little bit more close. But, I mean, they got down to a one-point game, but Montana was in control for the duration. And then all of a sudden, the Grizzlies back to where they almost always are under Travis Takir into the semifinals, I think the fifth time in seven seasons under Coach Takir. And that includes a tournament that got canceled. So uh, I guess you could say the fifth time in the last six tournaments that Montana was into uh, the semifinals of the tournament. And uh, then they got licked by Eastern Washington, which turned out to be the worst matchup in the league for them, not only because Eastern is the best team, but also it just Montana had no answer for Eastern Washington on the inside. That front court duo of Kim Aiken and Tanner Groves 
Montana has one big guy really on their team right now that's healthy. That's Mac Anderson. Derek Carter Hollinger really struggling with some stuff down the stretch. And uh, the rest of the, the guys are more kind of like forward types. And they really just couldn't match up with Eastern out the gate. And you could also tell Eastern was just thirsty for blood. I mean, they, they, they want to rip Montana. Those guys all know that the Grizzlies had eliminated them in the championship game a couple years in a row prior. Uh, but either way, I mean, Riley, you were you had a front row seat to this entire Grizz basketball season, your general and overall evaluation of this season, because this was among the most tumultuous Grizz basketball seasons I can remember. But then when all the dust settles, with the exception of the lopsided loss to Eastern Washington, honestly, a pretty good finish for a team that I, I guess what at the end of the uh, season has what ten scholarship players by the time they even got to the semifinals. Exactly, ten scholarship players and one of just ten teams in the country with no seniors. I, I think there's a lot. There, there's two main themes to this season, and we've chronicled them throughout the last couple months. But just being there and not missing a game with this team. Number one would be roller coaster because it was a roller coaster for sure. And number two would be what if because there are so many points in this season that you go back and go. What if they didn't lose both games by one point at Southern Utah? It totally flips around the thinking, the sense of urgency, the desperation, the the inner turmoil that kind of went on behind the scenes for a couple months of the season before they finally got it right from a mental side of things. They, they were in this conundrum, Coulter, throughout the course of the season of, are we going to go all in with the youth? Because the expectations of Montana are... You know, maybe we can still let these guys learn while the upper class can take the way. Well, we all know what happened with the two Grizzly seniors coming into the year. They both ended up leaving the team before the stretch run of the year. And then that young group, once they became together, they had their best three-week run of the year. I mean, they won six consecutive games, and they finally looked like Montana. They felt like Montana, but... My biggest part of all of this, the X's and the O's are aside, the roster makeup, all of that thing, is this year robbed the players of knowing what it took to play for Montana and what it meant. And the, the crowd perspective is such a big factor for this because I think that when you bring in... Higher caliber talent than the big sky expects, right? You've got a three-star guard in Robbie Beasley. You've got Brandon Whitney. And all of a sudden, you have a guy that could play pro ball in Josh Bannon. Why do they come to Montana? They come to Montana to win, number one, and to feel a special experience that you can't get anywhere else. That's because you go into Dahlberg Arena and you see three, four, five thousand 5,000 people for you. feel that every single game. This team was not able to feel that. The, the striking comment going down to Pocatello and talking with some of the freshmen is, yeah, Pocatello and Missoula are the same. That right there is a microcosm of just the thinking all year long is you, you're into a new environment. I mean, if you listen to what Ahmad Rory, Michael Guinea, and Saeed Pridget even said about coming to Montana, they don't, these players do not understand really, or they don't know what Montana basketball is like until they truly experience it. And these guys got robbed of that experience. And because of that, they struggled to play with the target on their back. And you saw that exposed against games against Eastern Washington. You saw it exposed against games that they really should have won earlier on. The two games that I go to that I think really pivoted the entire season. You really could go with three. The Southern Utah loss at the beginning of the year were really alarming at the time, but didn't seem like bad losses at the end of the year considering Southern Utah didn't lose a home game. But there was momentum with this team at Christmas break. They beat Washington, and then they go and outplay Arizona for 35 minutes before falling by six. Going into Christmas break, there was still optimism that 
wow, I mean, this team's got a young core. They got a big win. Yeah, they they, they struggled through a tough start because of COVID. Watch out. The two losses that changed the entire season were Northern Colorado at home and, more importantly, Northern Arizona at home, blowing a 14-point lead with five minutes to go. It kind of just set off all of the alarms, Coulter, from an urgency standpoint, from a pressure standpoint. And rest assured, if there was a crowd there, I don't think that team would have blown that game. So, I know I was kind of all over the place with that, but but this team just didn't get to experience what it was like to play for Montana except for one game, and you felt it too. That quarterfinal game against Weber State, my goodness, did that not look and feel like the Montana teams of old? The problem, we only got that for one game this year where they truly came together when the lights were bright, then they obviously ran out of gas the next day against Eastern. Well, that win it will resonate, though, because... Travis DeCure has compared this season to the only other real, quote-unquote, real rebuilding year that his team had. That was in, I guess it would have been his third season at the helm, right? And that year, that team, they took, I think, the five seed, and they lost to Idaho in the quarterfinals. Just that one postseason win over one of those top three teams, I think that you can build on that. You saw the true uh, unveiling of what Robbie Beasley can be as a scoring guard. You saw better offensive flow than they had had in any of their 25-plus games up to that point. And so we'll see. We'll see if they can build on it. Montana State, on the other hand, they had a horrendous month that included the rivalry games against Montana being canceled, getting licked against Eastern Washington and Weber State, and kind of having their season put into perspective after they had that great 6-0 start. Then not having any opportunity to get right because then they were off for another 12 days because of another cancellation with Idaho State. Then they stubbed their toe in Moscow, have historically, truly, one of the worst shooting nights in the history of the program. Didn't make a three-pointer in a game for the first time in, I think, eight years. And they lose in Moscow to Idaho. Well, then they bounce back and uh, they get a couple to uh, take... They beat Idaho, then they beat Sac State to get a bye, and then they have a couple good wins, outlasting Idaho State in the first round, or I guess the quarterfinals, and then the upset of the tournament beating top-seeded Southern Utah. I think the Bobcats have a lot to build on. The number one factor, though, has nothing to do with personnel, has nothing to do with the, with uh, improvements from a execution standpoint. It has everything to do with toughness. Montana State has had a variety of pretty talented teams over the years, and it seems as if there's this gigantic monkey that just resides on their backs they can never win in the postseason i've been covering the cats for 11 years i've watched them win one postseason game ever and that was beating a completely downtrodden idaho squad as the in the 6-11 game and then getting routed in the next round so this was the first that's only the second team i've covered that got a win in the tournament and the one that got the the first two wins of any consequence over in a, more than a decade i mean i put this on twitter before the championship game the last time montana state made the championship game I was a senior in college, sitting there with a sign in the student section, screaming at Bobby Howard, because uh, and that was when Montana State came into Missoula when the tournament used to be the first round was at hosted site was at a uh, was like a single game play in to then go to the, the league champion for the semis and the finals. Montana State won at the buzzer on a Will Bynum layup way back in 2009 to then advance to Portland where they upset Weber State in the semis and then went to the championship and lost to Portland State, but. A lifetime ago that uh, this team was uh, in the Big Sky Championship game. So to me, it was the toughness to get there. I mean, they overcame a lot of adversity. They had a couple moments in the Southern Utah game where they absolutely could have melted down. It looked like they were. 
and they didn't. They responded, and to me, that's the biggest factor because they have it's similar, very similar to what the Lady Grizz have been experiencing the last couple of years. Montana State has just had this mental wall. It doesn't has not mattered the coaches or the players. They just can't get it done in the postseason. But then they did, and you wonder if that can be something that builds that, they, that gives them confidence going into this next season. I'll tell you from my perspective, what I saw that was different from Montana State. Find out they're tougher. They're a tougher team now. And what Danny Sprinkle has done for the identity of that group in just two years, you can sense it. They actually have belief that, okay, we don't have... I mean, they have a ton of talent. They had talent under Brian Fish. We talked about that too. They didn't believe they could win and they weren't connected. I know I keep going back to that word, but I'm telling you guys out there that... The conference tournament, it's different. You For have sure. to have everyone on the same page. you got to have trust. Ask Southern Utah. I hate doing that, but they went 17-3, and three and they went down to ISO ball at the end. Yep. I mean, give Montana State a lot of credit for taking them out of rhythm, but that's what it takes. And you could see that from Montana State, that they had that um, connectedness on the floor with, with their guys and, and the toughness that's been still there. I think, I mean, if you're a fan of Montana or Montana State, there's optimism for different reasons. For Montana State, you finally got over the hurdle. For Montana, you obviously had success. You know that it was a really young team with a bright future. So I think, long story short, you said it going into the break, culture, but both teams exceeded expectations, I think, down in Boise. What's next for the Bobcats and Grizzlies men's basketball programs? One of the biggest holes on their roster, the biggest points of optimism. We'll tell you next on 1029 ESPN Missoula. You're listening to Nuanez now. Riley Corcoran, Coulter Nuanez, back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in on SWX Montana television around the great state of Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me like he does each and every Monday. We'll be taking the show on the road again. Our tournament takeover continues. We'll be in Indianapolis on Friday as well as Monday and Tuesday. So have full coverage of all things NCAA tournament, particularly all the interesting Montana angles and the Big Sky Conference angles taking place in Indianapolis. Great show today. If you missed anything in the show, find it on the podcast. Just subscribe to Nuanez Now, any of your podcasting platforms. You can also find it on 1029ESPN.com. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We shared a bunch of sound from the Big Sky Conference tournaments from last week, including Shante Leggins, Tanner Groves, and Kim Aiken from Eastern Washington's championship men's team, as well as... Dave Sprinkle, Jabril Bello, and Abdul Muhammad from the Montana State men's team. They lost in the championship game. We also heard from Kurt Paulson, head coach for the Carroll College men's basketball team. They are into the Sweet 16 of the NAI National Tournament after a great upset win over Arizona Christian. They will play on Friday night in Kansas City, Missouri in the NAI men's national tournament. 
We also heard from Estefania Ors, Diaba Canate, and Seton Subaleski from Idaho State. The Idaho State women, they are the number 13 seed, one of the 13 seeds, in next week's NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. By the way, Eastern Washington, a 14 seed. They'll take on Kansas. ISU takes on Kentucky. We also talked some prep hoops, some state tournament results from all around all the classifications, state AA, B, and C for high school hoops. And then we will continue now our conversation about the future for both the men's basketball teams at both Montana State and Montana. Breaking news as of right now, Caleb Belich, a sophomore from Manhattan. Uh, he went to Manhattan Christian. He is into the NCAA transfer portal. So a talented kid, a local product. Wasn't seeing much playing time. Just played about 6.7 minutes per game for Danny Sprinkle's team. Didn't play much down the stretch. So he is into the transfer portal. We'll see where Caleb Belich ends up. But, Riley, let's start on the Bobcats. To you, what is the biggest hole on the Bobcats roster? What do they need? Because I thought that Montana State, more than any other team we saw play in the uh, the final four of this tournament, they have a defined top three, which gives them uh, a lot to build around. But they also just they don't have they didn't have very many guys that looked uh, like they could compete at the highest level outside of Amin Adama, Jabril Bello, and Xavier Bishop. And you lead me right to it. Depth. Depth is the biggest issue here, I, I think, for MSU. But it's kind of a building block, right? It's one by one. It's more of okay, we need to get guys that can compete at a championship level. Then number two, it needs to be we need to have a core that likes each other and that can work together. I think they have that with Bishop Adamu and Bello. And if all three of those guys come back, watch out. But you need to have complementary pieces. I think any championship team, you look at it, and we we beat a dead horse with it at times. But you look at Montana, and they've got guys down the line during those championship teams, the sixth, seventh roles. Um, Eastern Washington's group this year, same type of deal, but. For Montana State's continuing to build. You need to continue to have the buy-in and to have those complementary pieces because what is showcased more than anything else at this time of year? It's depth. And I think that you could make the argument that in some form or fashion, both the Montana schools ran out of gas at the end. And I think that that is a clearly it's a depth issue. I think when you look at the national scale and just because those games were highlighted yesterday, you look at teams like Alabama and Illinois. They won the SEC and the Big Ten. Why? They're eight or nine guys deep. And it's harder to do, obviously, at this level. But that is the next piece for Montana State. They've got a big guy. They've probably got the best big guy in the league when he can stay out of foul trouble. That was sure. also a big piece as to why, against Southern Utah, they were successful. He had no fouls. I looked up in the second half, and Bello had no fouls with 10 to go. I'm like, man, it's nice to actually see him on the floor. Look what Montana State can do. Two dynamic guards that play off each other well. But you got to give me a, a Bobby Moorhead-esque type guy for Montana yeah, yeah. State, an athletic wing that can do the dirty work, kind of the, the behind-the-scenes type thing. That's, I think, maybe right now, at least on the surface, what Montana State is missing. But again, they're able to get that guy if those other three, the core three, come back. My sources say that uh, Xavier Bishop and Ahmed Adamu will both be back. Jabril Bello is only a junior, so he'll be back as well, assumedly at least. And uh, Abdul Muhammad is going to move on. He put on Twitter that yeah, thanking all the Bobcat people and Bobcat fans for his career. Devin Kirby also moving on as well. Only got about 45 seconds left, Riley, but I think it's a very easy answer. What's the biggest missing piece for the Grizzlies? <laughs> Gotta get a big guy. Big guy. Yeah. Gotta get a big guy. Get Seriously. a big guy down, though. People were just straight picking on Montana at the end, and you saw that from Eastern Washington. Mac Anderson held his own. You gotta get a big Mac guy. Mac can be a really good power forward. Yep. He's not a stretch forward, but he's like a pick and roll forward. Yeah. He can he can hang. They just need a big guy that can just body up some of the other big guys. I mean, that's they just got eaten alive by guys like Tanner Groves and Jabril Bello. I guess they didn't play Bello, but that's a, that's a concern, right? They need a tough right. big guy. A tough big guy willing to get in there and get... 
The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.